You're listening to the Growth Exponential Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Karoko. Today, we're joined by Stu Heineck, who is the founder of cartoonist.org. Stu, welcome. Hey, thank you so much. Great to join you. I'm excited to have you here because of all of the people that I've interviewed, I've never had someone on the side of humor or like bringing joy to the world through graphic and creation. So can you tell me at a high level, what does cartoonist.org do? Well, so, so that's a group that I founded last year. Um, and we, I mean, just at the very high level, it's a group of cartoonists from the Wall Street Journal and the New Yorker, and we donate our art to help charities raise funds. That's huge. What a, what a simple mission and what a fantastic mission. Now, I'm very curious about your background and what led you both to becoming um, a well-known cartoonist and also establishing cartoonist.org a year ago. Uh, wow, those are very, very different stories because for, you know, my start in cartooning really was, I've got to go way back to my childhood when I used to, you know, sneak Playboys out of my father's dresser drawers with my brothers. And so we'd look at the magazines and uh, I mean, we'd look at the pictures, of course, we read the articles, of course. Wasn't that always the joke? Didn't everyone? Like, oh, you mean there's articles in there too? But, um, but the thing that really caught my attention as well is the cartoons. The cartoons were just amazing. They had full page cartoons, full color cartoons by Gahan Wilson and Eldon Dadini, every, every issue. And they were masters at cartooning. And, you know, they had other, other cartoonists. One of the other ones was Michael Folks, And I can't remember the rest. But I wanted to, well, I mean, so as a kid, I'm just saying, who are these guys? how do they do this? You know, I thought maybe they were elves or something. I just, how in the hell did they do this stuff? You know, you can see it. You can see that they have depicted a, a, a scene in which it's, of course, it's a moment in time, but you have a sense of what's about to happen, which is really cool. I mean, that's, or, or you have a sense of what just happened. I mean, it's not just a picture, you know, it's not just a drawing of fruit or something something's happening and there's usually conflict and it's funny. And I didn't realize this as a kid, but you know, one of the things that I came to realize is I've used, I've had a career, big long career of using cartoons in marketing. And one of the things that, that I learned pretty quickly was that when magazines and newspapers were running readership surveys to find out what gets read and remembered, what they found was that cartoons are almost always the best read and remembered part. And, and you and I were talking a little bit before we started about our favorite cartoons that we could remember from decades ago. I mean, that's, that's amazing. And, and so that's what happens. People love cartoons. I mean, no pun intended, but they're drawn to cartoons. You know, since I had this long career, you know, when I started my business, I recruited a lot of my heroes of cartooning into my, sort of like this stable of cartoonists that, who produced the work that my agency put out. And so I, you know, I started by looking at the, the cartoonists by, I mean, the cartoons by, uh, by Eldon Dadini and Gahan Wilson. And then those guys, I brought those guys into my group. That was really cool. And then also a lot of my heroes from the New Yorker, Bob uh, Mankoff and Leo Cullum and, and uh, Arnie Levin, especially. And it's almost like I was raised by wolves. You know, I've learned cartooning from these people. It was amazing. Really, really an amazing um, start in my, in my career. But you know, you, there comes a point in many people's lives where they say, okay, what do I do to give back? And I'd always been thinking, well, I really have to make it before I give back. And I'm sure you hear this all the time, actually. Wait, I got to wait until I really, really made it. And then I realized that's just silly. I have an opportunity to help charities now, and I need to do it now. And so, so the concept is, 
It's actually twofold. Obviously, I mentioned that we we donate art to help charities raise funds, and so you know we donate an art piece, and then the charity will auction it in their in their gala event, and whatever whatever they get for the for the art, they keep they keep hundred percent. So we don't even we don't even touch the money. But the other part of this is that I just have such such an amazing time with the the art form of cartooning. I mean, getting to know and work with my heroes was incredible. I mean, that, what an incredible opportunity. And and the, the art form touches people and it and it it's a universal thing. It shows up all over the world. There are cartoonists from in every culture, actually. But the thing that's really weird about this is that there is no market for the art. And I think that um, cartoon art ought to be up on walls. And they're pretty cool. I mean, it's it's, it's a new context for cartooning, but I want to, I also want to stimulate a market for single panel cartoons. I want to, I want to give back to the art form as well. That's remarkable. I mean, going from such a selfless place, what's it like the life of a cartoonist? I mean, when, <laughs> when I picture it in my head, I, like, I, I picture that there's a lot, a lot of hustle that has to go on in order to, to find success in one's trade. But like, what is it really like? I don't just cartoon. Um, I'm also an author and, I'm, and I, I run a marketing agency. So, so it's just like a busy time like everyone else. The cartooning part is this, that particularly when you're just about to fall asleep or when you've just woken up, there's a state, a brain state that is, seems to be very, very productive for ideas. I know there's a, there's a term for it. I'm just, I can't put my finger on it just at the moment. But, but in that state, you end up with these, I think you, these ideas just come to you. Sometimes, I mean, they can come to you while you're driving or doing other things, but especially then, these funny thoughts come up um, for a cartoon, and so you gotta make sure you write them down, because otherwise you'll lose them. And then you, you just accumulate those, and eventually one weekend you say, okay, I'm gonna do a batch, and you spend the weekend drawing. That's my experience of it. I guess the other side of it is I get to see a lot of times, I get to see the, you know, the, the effect of the cartoon, and people love them, I mean, they're just, so delightful. I actually helped one guy pass a kidney stone with a cartoon. <laughs> I mean, we've always heard that, that humor has a, has a health benefit, and that one had a direct benefit. Wow, that, that's a, he'll definitely remember that cartoon. <laughs> I'm also wondering, like, with cartoonist.org, how do you measure success? Success? Well, I think it's going to be a long, long-term play. And so I have those two missions. One of them is to give back to the art form and really the artists in it. I mean, I, I love the other cartoonists. They're amazing. It's amazing to have have that kind of an environment of other all these great cartoonists, not only in the states, but but you know in the UK and France and everywhere actually. So um, so I want to give back to them. I want to create a, a market circumstance in which art collectors start saying, "Hey, I would like to create. I'd love to have a Roz Chast original in my dining room or you know my living room, whatever it is." So I want to, and not just Roz, but many many cartoonists. I'd love to see their a new surge of a market for uh, single panel cartoon as collectible art. So that's one. But on the charity side, I guess that is charity too, but to the cartoonists. But on the, on the charity side, I, I, just, I just want to make a difference. I guess what, would, what success would look like is if our cartoons sold a, a cumulative amount of, let's say a million dollars a year would be amazing. Because all of that, we never touch it. 100% goes to whatever charity we're working with. If we were instrumental in raising a million dollars a year for various charities that are just doing incredible work, then that would, that would be an incredible success. That leads me to the question, what's the range that at charities your art is going for? They range from 500 to say 5,000 at the moment. 
Yeah, I'd really like to see them go much higher than that. I mean, because if the higher they go, of course, the better that is for the for the art form and for the for the artists involved in the art form, because it raises it's like the tide raising all the ships. But the more they go for, the more is raised for the charity too. So I'd love to see them go. I would love it if you know if I started seeing them go for some of them, like for eighty thousand dollars, would be incredible. I would be so proud of that. If one of mine went for that, and I was helping make a Wish Foundation, for example, man, my wish would have been, would have come true. That would be just amazing. So you could make a lot of wishes come true with it with I that could. type of purchase. And what, and what a what a great feeling that would be. So yeah, that's that's what I what I that's what I see as success. Have you had the opportunity to attend some of these cartoon auctions? And if you, if you have, like, what's it like there? Well, I've had some opportunities. And I don't know, it just depends. I mean, they're all so different. Depends on how much, how much visibility is given to the cartoons. So if they're over in the silent auction, I, I was at, at a, uh, an event for um, Cancer Society last year. And I just thought, the silent auction is not where this should go. That's not going to drive it up. And if you have the cartoonist there, the cartoonist should be addressing the audience and saying, hey, listen, I mean, I should have been up on stage at some point saying, okay, this next lot is one of my cartoons. I've, hand, I've signed it by hand. I'm one of the Wall Street Journal cartoonists. But look, let me tell you a little bit about cartoons and cartoonist.org and our mission. And you're all part of it. And the more we can raise, the, I mean, the, the more competitive the bidding is, the better, because 100% goes to the chair, I mean, goes to the to, to Cancer Foundation. So drive the price up. Let's see how far we can, how high we can get this to go. I mean, I would love to do something like that instead of just standing around saying, hey, uh, what do you think of the cartoon? <laughs> <You know? laughs> do you like cartoons? And, and when I was doing that, though, at, um, at that one event, it was interesting. One, one woman came up and said, and I said, what do you think? Are you, are you a fan of cartoons? She said, she looked at me and she said, well, yeah, I kinda like, it's kind of an antique thing. I'm like, what antique? What are you talking about? I don't know. Maybe something's changing about cartooning. Maybe it's being seen as an antique thing. That would be kind of a strange, strange response to it, I think. It's an art form. It's timeless. Yeah, anyway, I, I think that the better way to do it is to have the cartoonist there on stage. I mean, it would be really cool to have Ross Chast up there and one of her, one of her pieces going, uh, going up for auction and you get to meet her. I think that would be incredible. So we're, I mean, we're, looking, we're looking to develop this further. We're talking to, to companies about, uh, about becoming sponsors of contact, uh, sorry, of, of cartoonist.org so that perhaps we can, I mean, if an airline would be perfect. So we can get the cartoonist to these events. A hotel chain would be perfect so that they can stay somewhere when they get there. Yeah, anyway, that, that's, that's how I see it working. I've seen it both ways. And, and certainly when it's a live auction and it's part of the live auction and the cartoonist can be up on stage, I think that's when, it's, when we have the greatest chance of, of success in terms of driving up the prices bid for the, for the art. I mean, that's a, that's a powerful vision and actual practical applicable use on the ground. So tell me, with all of the great work that you're doing, how do folks find you? Well, it's easy to find me on LinkedIn. I just, just need to know how to spell my name and I'll spell it Stu, S-T-U, and then Heineck, H-E-I-N-E-C-K-E. So you can find me on, on LinkedIn. Um, you can also find, I've got a couple of books out. I'm, I'm an author. And I, so I wrote a couple of books that I think might be, actually be really interesting for charities as well or nonprofits as well. The one that I think is best known is How to Get a Meeting with Anyone. It introduces the concept of contact marketing. Um, but it's about getting meetings with people who can change your scale. And that doesn't that, ha- that should be happening in nonprofits. Um, Absolutely. I think that would make sense. Anyway, so I've got a couple of books out, How to Get a Meeting with Anyone and Get the Meeting. And you can find those on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. Those are pretty easy ways to reach me. 
And I've got to ask you, are your comics in those books? Yeah, in How to Get a Meeting with Anyone, each chapter starts with one of my cartoons. That's great. I mean, what a, multi, what a multimodal approach. I so appreciate all the good that you're doing in the world. And I want to wish you success in all your worthy endeavors. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Growth Exponential Podcast. If you know an executive director or nonprofit professional that you think I should interview, shoot me an email at bradley at growthexponential.org.